we have to just return to being simple. And, and I think this is part of our evolution. Like we've, we've kind of outgrew our, our consciousness in a way, like technology, innovation, all these different aspects. Like you look at the last 20 years, like humanity has exploded into like technology and it's, it's actually unreal. The amount of innovation that's happened in the last 20 to 30 years. So I don't think our consciousness has like evolved to catch up and work with these technologies and different innovations in a healthy way to where we can balance the human beingness because we've evolved the human doing things. We have so many things to do now, but after all we put down all these doings, when we go to bed at night and we look in the mirror, we have to deal with the human being. And how does that being feel? Does it feel aligned? Does it feel congruent? Does it feel like it has synergy between masculine feminine energy? Does it feel like it has synergy between partnerships and, and friendships and like all these things matter. And we get down to it at the end of the day, when everything, the lights are about to shut off, all we're going to remember are those connections and how synergistic they were or they weren't. And so while we're in these moments, it's like, Hey, just appreciate the synergy, appreciate the presence, appreciate the moment. And, that externalization will happen naturally because you're already a seed. You're already planted. You're already here and you're being watered daily. If you recognize it. Welcome to masculine mastery, a show dedicated to helping men open their hearts, rise into their greatness and liberate their most alive, awaken and authentic selves. My name is Christopher August, and I invite you to join me each week alongside some of today's most respected thought leaders, where we'll be diving deep into a wide range of topics to support the evolution of masculinity and the consciousness of this planet. All right, we're here, back back in the lab for another episode of the masculine mastery podcast this is the first interview of 2023 and it's a good one it's a real good one today i welcome on the show mr jay malik and jay malik is a spiritual teacher author and speaker who empathizes the importance of spiritual alignment in our careers our relationships and our finances. He has coached many people all over the world, and he is on a mission to heal the collective energy so that humanity can walk into its true purpose with healthy and prosperous relationships. He's also an advocate for men embracing their masculinity, leadership, and success so that women can be safe to operate in their femininity and creative flow and not have to operate from survival mode. And this conversation together between Jay and I was a very uh, open-hearted, authentic, raw conversation. We dove down many rabbit holes, but really tied it all in to this idea of balancing oneself, healing oneself first, before that we can enter into a harmonious relationship with others and really distilling the power and the principles behind the masculine and feminine within us. 
and he did a great job at breaking this down. We explored many different areas of spirituality, but really coming back down to simplicity, which is all of what we need in these complex times. And so with that being said, I am super excited to share this very, very important information with you, this wisdom at this time. As the world is waking up, as we are all remembering our truth, our authenticity, and our divinity, it is time that we all come together to have these types of conversations, to talk about all of our vulnerabilities and things that are happening in our lives, to reunite back as one, one human collective. You know, and most of us, we've been lost. I know there's many people out there that might feel lost and stuck. And, you know, this conversation hopefully will help bring some balance to you and your own inner state. And with that being said, if you like the show, you're enjoying the episodes, please share it with others. Please share it on your social media. You can tag me, Christopher underscore August. You can tag masculine.mastery. And you can also rate us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and leave us a review. I really appreciate it. It's uh, very, very helpful to continue to spread these messages. And with that being said, let's dive right in. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Masculine Mastery. We are back officially kicking off season number two. Uh, took some time off, but uh, really excited to be back in the studio recording once again with some really, really powerful guests and transformational teachers that are coming through this space. And today I have Jay Malik. He is an American spiritual teacher, author, and speaker who empathizes the importance of spiritual alignment in our careers, our relationships, and our finances. And I've been following your work for a while, man. I really appreciate everything that you're doing and what you're bringing to this space. And I really am stoked for the conversation today and, and all of the different areas in which we may cover. And, you know, before we get into the depth of our conversation, I really just wanted to learn more about your story. You know, this podcast is really dedicated to helping men reconnect with their hearts, with their authentic selves. And so they can really step into a new level of alignment in their relationships, in their business finances, and so on. And so what has your journey been like? If you want to kind of frame it in a nutshell, I know it's probably a long conversation um, from where you were to where you are now and, and how, that's journey, how that journey has shaped your, your life. Yeah, that's a powerful question. Uh, I'll try to keep it condensed, but um, in a nutshell, it's always kind of had this blend of um, entrepreneurship and spirituality. Like I've, I've been an entrepreneur since I was like a kid, like five years old. I, I was making business plans with my crayons. It's crazy, but, and then at age 10, is when I had my first like mystical experience. It was actually the day before September 11th. That's um, how I remember it so vividly. And it was like a crazy, crazy experience. Um, and then the day after happens, I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. So I never really forgot that moment and um, always been interested in just the esoteric nature of life and how that plays a part in different things. Um, growing up to a single mother in a community where there's, you know, a lot of displaced relationships, um, lust, just, just different, 
that's different things um, happening in that situation. So um, as I got older, it was more of a reflection period to say like every area of my life where I've kind of had some growth or expansion, there's always been um, key men in different places in my life to help me move forward, whether that was personal, whether that was um, in university, whether that was um, business, whatever it was, there was always men at the at the helm. Of course, there was women, but just from a masculine place, like that masculinity uh, being there was so pivotal. So um, just fast forward to make this story, you know, shorter. Uh, being in the you know, marketing space, entrepreneurship space, uh, worked with a lot of different entrepreneurs and worked with a lot of women entrepreneurs, um, helping them grow and build their businesses. And a common thread was happening with all these women who were building these businesses also had unfulfilled partnerships or unfulfilled dating experiences in life. And it was like, hmm, there's something to this that like you're, you're applying these principles here, but for some reason they can't apply here. And it's kind of led me down a deep, you know, rabbit hole of like analyzing the macrocosm of humanity. Like, hmm, it's not just business women or this kind of person. It's like society in general is kind of like distorting relationships as a whole. There's more lust. There's more pornography. There's so many different things that take men and women off of the path of just like finding themselves and then finding, you know, their compatible partner and just kind of, again, unintentionally just dive me into this space. And so um, I enjoy talking with uh, young men, older men, but just like different life paths of women, helping people just really kind of see that the spiritual aspect is really the core principle that love, union, and connection is, is founded upon. So that's kind of like a nutshell. Um, like my journey has just been one of reflection and constant just discovery as I go through different people and just meet different groups and see stories that align and that are parallel. So um, it's been a, a blur, honestly, but it's been it's been interesting. Hmm. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. You know, that I think there's a few things that I, I'm curious about based on your story. And, you know, fortunately, it sounds like you've had positive male role models in your life, you know, and that's not something that we all have growing up. You know, I grew up with with a single mother pretty much, yeah, I'd say since my adolescence, nine, 10 years old. And fortunately, I had a few key male role models in my life, but I know many other men out there that didn't get that right. And so the paths that they may have chosen may have been different than you or I, and may have found themselves in trouble and things like that. And, you know, I think that's one thing that's missing from society as a whole is positive, healthy, integrated, balanced males that are actually helping the youth step up into their potential and to their purpose, you know, and we've lost the way of connection of, of, bringing boys into these very powerful vision quests and spiritual experiences. And that is, that is a lost art and something that I feel is starting to come back, but it's only going to come back when more men are doing that work. Right. So I'm glad that you shared that. And, and second, I'm curious about the spiritual experience that you, that you had, because, you know, this is a really pivotal thing that I don't think is talked about a lot is like, you know, this is the journey of awakening. And when we have these experiences and we're not around people that can understand that it can be very disorientating. 
And so I would love to know a little bit more about that experience because there might be people listening to this right now that may have a similar type of experience, but don't know what to do with it. Um, I mean, so again, I was 10. So it's kind of, you know, um, having the words or presence of mind to like, okay, I know what this is, even though I, in my being, I knew what it was at age 10. I didn't have the words to really articulate what was happening, but it was just presence, like immense presence. That's the only word I can use, this overwhelming presence. Like it would give you goosebumps. It's, it's the depth of it was just like thunder, but it's soft very, very present, but not forceful, just something's here. It's almost like if you've ever been in a room and it's like lit a certain way, you can feel somebody walking up to you, you see their shadow. It's like this shadow, but it wasn't darkness, obviously, but it's just like you feel this force around you, like what is going on? And it was like emotional experience as well. So I'm like 10 years old, I'm thinking of all these things. Um, I'm having these insights of like, death and destruction like I'm I'm almost like seeing what's happening so like the next day it happened I was like oh my god like this is what so it's like almost like I was getting a sign to know that hey god is real kind of thing it was like that kind of experience like this is confirmation I did this the day before just so you can know that this energy is is real and since then it's just been not and I come from a very spiritual family so it wasn't you know, super abnormal, but it was just something that was personal, right? It wasn't like a story that I've heard or someone read a book, uh, a story out of a book or told me their experience. It's like something that was just felt. It wasn't mental. It wasn't uh, intellectual. It was just presence. And that presence, you know, as I reflect back on that, you know, now it's okay. Got me back to that point where in these spaces of spirituality and consciousness, sometimes we can get a little over, you know, zealous with the mind and things that are complex terminologies and all those things. They're fine. They have their place. Right. But when it gets down to it, there's a feeling of alignment. There's a feeling of congruence. And that's how, you know, you, you, you can feel it. It's, there's something to it that resonates beyond what we can understand. And that's the, number one thing I try to help people with in their lives is just like, how do you get back to your congruence and all this chaos or stress or frustration is coming from not the things. It's just that those things aren't for you. That could be perfect for someone else, but they're just not for you. And you can find the things that are for you. That includes people, occupations, environments, cities, countries, like all of those things can be found and we can live a life that's aligned and congruent. Hmm. I love that. And I love that, you know, really what you're saying is coming back to simplicity and, you know, what you've experienced, which is direct experience, right? If you're taking terminology from like the shamanic path, it's everything comes down to direct experience and that felt sense. And you can't really help somebody do that. They have to experience that themselves. And, you know, we can talk all day from the place of the mind, but at the end of the day, it really just comes down to you having these experiences and then being able to 
maybe if you desire to articulate them to the best of your ability, because really there's limited language here to express things like this that we experience in our lives. So very beautiful. And what a, what an incredible experience to have at, at 10 years old, right? Which has then obviously led you to where you are now. I mean, most people, these types of experiences are happening perhaps at that, that age, but from what I've heard, you know, people in their twenties and thirties getting a big wake up call, like, Oh, wait, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm not on the, the sort of path. And just knowing that there's something bigger than ourselves, it's, um, pivotal to shaping our lives and also depending upon what we do with that. So based on obviously societal conditioning, right. And the things that we go through and the things that we're told and programmed to believe around, you know, our worth, um, how we're showing up in the world. And obviously a lot of our worth is based on achievements and, and getting this job, going to this school, marrying this person, whatever it might be, you know, these false constructs, begin to fade away through these experiences and we become, we get into a deeper knowing within ourselves. And so as somebody perhaps listening to this, that's had certain experiences like this, how do you take this and integrate this into your life? What are some of the things that you start to do to begin to live more in alignment with so-called your soul, your spirit? That's a good question. Um, so first is like recognition of that feeling, that presence, that honestly may, you may never feel that a hundred percent again, right? So you don't want to chase that feeling, but it's just a reminder of like, this is what congruence feels like. And I think that initial point of, of contact or presence is, you know, it, it seems random, right? But it catches you off guard because it's not meant to be mental. And then everything after that point is just made to remind you of like what it feels like to be incongruence. And there was no conditions for that to be the case, right? There was nothing I was doing at 10 years old consciously to bring that on, right? Like there was nothing I was trying to do. And so there's a, um, if you heard about like the art of Wu Wei, like being like water and like just flowing. And it's like when we, when we try not to, or when we, it's like all about just releasing resistance. Like I hold the the opinion that life is just about peeling back the layers, right? It's it's not really about finding anything. Like it's all there, right? Like it's all there. We'll just get to the core when we're done. We're just peeling back the years of our lives slowly. Like we're living in reverse, essentially. Like we're getting closer to death, but it's getting us closer to the core, the simplicity of like who we really are. We don't know that until we get through year one, year two, and we just peel these layers back and we get closer and closer and closer until we get to death. And then we kind of realize like, oh, that was it. That was the game, right? That was, right? And that, and that happens. So in the meantime, it's allowing those layers to unfold on their own and realizing that they will unfold without our interference, without our... um or force or manipulation of that path or activity. And so there are things that we can do, right? Obviously like meditation, we can journal, we can yoga, we can pray, but there, like, there are modalities and technologies that humans have created to synthesize and replicate the 
random experience of presence, right? Because it, it is random. It is, it's not a, you know, um, there's no cause and effect to God, right? There's just, there just is. And so experiencing that is sometimes happens. You can be looking at a painting. You can be eating a favorite food. You can be staring at your mother. You can be watching the leaves blow. Like there's, you don't know when the presence will just hit you harder than it usually does. And when it does, it's like, whoa, what, what was that? And you can't get back to it because you didn't mean to do it. So then we have these things that remind us like, hey, remember that there is a presence. Remember there's, there's just infinity. Remember there's just this divine mind that's beyond our comprehension. So those things do help. Like um, from a practical standpoint of, if you know what that feels like, you also know what things are counterintuitive to that feeling or counterintuitive to, and I'm using feeling, but there's a deeper resonance of like beingness. Like you know what feels right for you. Even so, sometimes the things that are right for you may not feel good. They may feel challenging, but they're still right for you. Like, this is a challenge that I know I'm meant to be on, right? And there are some things that are challenging, like, this isn't even for me. Why am I doing this? So th there's a gray area, like there is for most things. But there are people, there are some things that everyone can recognize, like, this is a red flag. This is a red flag. This should not be here. This doesn't belong here. This doesn't belong in my life. Because we really, at the core, we know who we are at that core. And we know the layers are going to peel back. And sometimes we wait until the layers reveal before we say, oh, this is who I am now. Let me remove these things. But if we really get in tune with that vision and say, I envision my highest self in this form. Without me trying to like control the image, how do I see myself? And that's a very powerful thing to ask yourself. Like Without me trying to create an image, just reveal the image to me of my highest self. Your mind will create this thing without you trying. And then you can kind of, there's always a compare and contrast thing you can do. And life is all about that contrast. So it's like these layers are peeling back, but as you peel the layers back, there's contrast of like what else you want to experience. So we've always had experiences that we enjoy that if we die today, we're like, well, at least those five, 10 experiences were so amazing. It was worthwhile. We have some things that are like, hmm, those five or 10, I'd rather not go through those. But going from here to death, there are some things that we still want to experience here on earth because that's why we're here in this body in this time period right now. So it's, I guess, getting out of our own way to say, what is that thing? Not attaching current idea of worth to the future vision and saying I'm meant to move forward in this way this is what's meant for me this is what feels aligned for me this is where I feel like I belong in a sense like this is that's my background and I'm the main character who's supposed to be in that scene let me get there and then removing the things that don't belong in our lives and the physical reality catches up to what we want. It catches up to what we're here to experience. As long as we remove the stuff from the scenes, as long as we remove people, places, occupations, there's, there's things in our lives that we become aware of to say, hmm, this was good for this last five years, but for the next five years, this doesn't really fit in. So I'm just going to let that go, release it. And that comes with different things, different challenges could be, you could love that career that you're, you've been in. And now it's time to make a pivot. And it's like, wow, 
I'd let that go. And this, there's that, you know, could be a grieving process of letting things go, but we get better at releasing things. And, you know, for men, it, it's, we still have this like primal, you know, energy within us that's, that's designed for expansion. Like it's designed for um, creating in a fragmented world. And that can be challenging when you're trying to balance, you know, that spiritual, you know, need for balance. So it's, I have to stay whole within myself, but I also have to somehow, you know, externalize myself into the world and create these different things I see. And we can get either two things happen. We can get caught in the rat race of just doing for the sake of doing, or we can get into the rat race of not doing for the sake of not doing. And that there are two extremes that happen, you know, we, we see often with just a lot of men, it's just like, hmm, this person is, you know, overactive, hyperactive. This person is completely apathetic and inactive. And you want to find a, a medium ground where your activity seems like it's inactivity. Where it's like, you're just in the flow of doing so much. It's like, how's he doing it? And you're like, doing what? I'm not doing anything. I'm just being. And that is that is the sweet spot for me when you find that that thing that makes you you and you're just in it. And, you know, like I say, we're, we're entering a, a space where that's becoming um, maybe more in the consciousness of the collective. I think we have, you know, a little bit ways to go as far as like circling that that corner. But I think there are a lot of people who are trying to figure out, hey, how do I have balance and how do I have presence in my spirit but also i want to feel alive and that's something i've experienced myself going into like deep 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 into your spiritual journey and then kind of feeling like what's the point of anything you don't you don't say that but you kind of feel that like what's the point of living if all this is just an illusion and and we lose what it means to be human what it means to be a creator what it means to be an experiencer what it means to be an observer so all these things make us deeply human. What it means to connect. Like these things are so amazing. Like we can't, we couldn't do that if we were a blade of grass, not in the same way. Right. So we're, we're uniquely human and we're also uniquely our own design. And that, that is, that is the power. That's the strength. Like I am my own human and I have this experience and this observation to have and I get to watch this thing unfold I get to connect with other humans who are doing the same thing and we get to learn from each other and laugh and cry and and smile and do all these things we can do this in, the, in a very you know healthy way and that's just I think what we're optimized for I always say that the goal of life or the purpose of life and you know is ultimately success and success is the achievement of a purpose or aim. And I believe we're all here for some purpose. So there's like a, again, chicken and egg thing, but it's like, you're here to achieve what you're here to achieve. And achievement just means to observe and to experience in your highest state. That doesn't mean everything's going to be good. There's going to be some negative, some, some cries, some, some fear, some frustration, some anger. But it's like when you, even when you zoom out, when you're in a space of anger or frustration or disappointment or bitterness or jealousy, whatever it is, just zoom out and say, hmm, this is part of my experience. 
it just changes like it warps your mind a little bit like wait a minute am i was i made to experience this right now like why am i make why am i feeling this right now why am i feeling frustrated you know some of the greatest breakthroughs in of all time have happened on the backs of frustration you know like they tried a million times and a million at one time they tried innovation happens and so that's a long roundabout way of answering your question but um essentially i just i think we're all here and we can you know use things like meditation and prayer but understanding what those things are for what understanding what those things represent and what they're trying to train you to operate in you know prayer is to train you to understand there is something greater that is has more control meditation is understand that there's a presence even in the doing of all this life you can get back to a state of presence no matter what the condition of your life is and so if there's external energy this divine mind this cosmic mind however you want to you know describe it there's this greater force that is controlling things way beyond our comprehension way beyond our our scope way beyond our you know uh spotty senses and then there's the presence that's always with us there's really not that much to worry about if something else got got my back and i'm also can be okay with just being present i can live differently not just by praying and meditating, but understanding what those things represent as I live my life. And then you move forward and you connect with people and that everything in between is just the learning process of being human, right? It's just like, hey, being human is great. We have a life cycle when things happen and it's, it's an amazing thing to be human, right? And I think part of the reason relationships get a bad rap and marriage and children all these things have a bad rap because there is a strong collective force that increasingly sees it as a negative to be human and that is something that is causing apathy is causing um, just so many different things so many viewpoints that are being birthed from the fact that like hey i don't like being human i think i'm i think i'm a virus to the planet i'm a cancer to the planet it's like, hey, the, the planet, we can't destroy the planet. It'll be here after we're gone. It'll be, it was here before we were here and it'll be here after we're gone. And it's just, hey, like it, there's just so much. And, it, and a lot of it comes from a, you know, a need for healing and the need for just dialogue. And I think now we have so much communication that we don't communicate. But before you had less means of communication. So every communication was important because Imagine if you and your wife somehow were spread across, you know, the globe and the only way you could communicate was through a letter. Every letter would be important. Every single letter would be important. Right. But we have text messages like every text isn't that important. Like, hey, what you doing? Nothing. But that but that communication is actually still very important. That hey could be the last hey that what you're doing could be the last what you're doing that. How are you feeling today? It could be the last how you're feeling. That I love you could be the last I love you. And we, and we lose that connection because we have it so easy. We take it for granted. And I think that's the, the major difference between today and, you know, periods of old is that it's easier to take for granted being human today than it ever has been in history. And so because of that, we're taking it for granted. And that's just causing so much other, you know, dysfunction and chaos that, 
we're meant to learn through and shift and hopefully we you know we get to that point and we evolve from there but hmm. well there's so much amongst that wisdom fueled rant that you just had which was really uh really beautiful and i really enjoyed uh taking that all in and soaking that all in and you know really there's several key points here you know and and to synthesize this maybe a little bit more and and narrow it down is this idea which we started off speaking about which is presence right feeling the divinity within us feeling the greater overall beingness of of not only what it means to be human but being a spiritual being having a human experience and what i think requires what life requires of us in order to experience these things is, as you mentioned, not trying, not doing, but rather just being. And I know for myself, and I can speak openly about my own experiences is just the times in which I felt this has been in the arms of just being with my child, my three-year-old, right? Just holding him and just being in complete presence with him or sitting in nature, watching the wind blow through the trees. You know, I I also teach and practice breath work. You know, breath work has been a beautiful technology for me to experience these heightened and peak states of presence, of love, and so forth. So, and I think from this conversation and and what we talked about before we hopped on this was, was the balance of the masculine and the feminine, right? So the feminine being more intuitive, being more flow, definitely in, in regards to the creation process, slowing down, receiving what it is to receive, and then using the masculine to take action and follow your heart and excitement from that place, right? So, and I think that's that's such an important thing because of the society we live in, which is hyper it's it's hyper masculinity, but not in so much of a positive way. It's more of an in un, unintegrated, unhealthy way where it is covering up and distracting ourselves from what it is that is within us, which is that truth that we're speaking to. And I think when we're constantly trying to move from one thing to the next, not only we're distracting from this truth, but we're not facing our own shit, our own emotions, our own, our own wounds that maybe we've endured along this path from that young age in which we are connected to divinity. And of course, as you mentioned, as we get closer to death, connecting to it again, but in that middle ground, all of the things we've endured along that path we must face. And that's also the point of being human. And I think a lot of times in the spiritual communities, and I'm sure you can speak to this a little bit more as well, is that we talk about this idea of ascension and transcendence, right? And it's beautiful to aspire to reach these higher states, you know, obviously with the introduction of plant medicine to the West and all of these different other technologies, it's getting into these higher states all the time, but that is also avoidance in many ways if it's not integrated properly. And when we're avoiding ourselves, we're not facing our humanity. We're not embracing and accepting all of who we are as we are here right now. And so there's so much there to explore, but I just felt called to share that based on what you shared, which was very eloquently said and, and, and beautifully stated. So as men, let's bring it back now as men, you know, we've been conditioned to subscribe to the culture of hustle, grind, 
of just continuing to push forward to force ourselves into making millions or creating this relationship, whatever it is, the end goal or desire we want from the external is. So how do we begin and what is the importance of balancing the masculine and the feminine within us, right? Because we all have these energies, whether you um, are externalized as your gender is male or female or whatever it is, we all have these divine masculine feminine energies within us. So first, maybe let's define what those energies are. Can you maybe break that down a little bit about each of those energies? And then maybe we can talk about bringing those into balance to create the life that we truly desire. Yeah. So this that's a perfect segue because this is something that um, it's not a pet peeve. It's just like a, like a, a thing. It's like a glitch in the matrix that I notice all the time where um, the difference between masculine and feminine energy, masculinity and femininity, and then masculine and feminine principles. And because those three things are, they're all separate things, but they're all interrelated, but they're not the same things. So, we have masculine energy, which is just in a metaphysical sense, just form energy. Anything that has come into form, like technically every human being is a masculine energy because we're all living in a physical form, right? Like the physical form is the 3D, the Maya. It is it is the illusion. It is the light energy. The sun represents the light. Um, the male hormone cycle follows the sun. So it's everything is about being illuminated which is why you have a lot of men go into, you know, enlightenment has been a, a historical thing for men going back to, you know, generations. So the feminine energy is the unseen. It's the moon. It's the thing that is taking the cycle to come into form. You can't really see it, but every 28 days you will get a full moon. You'll see it eventually, but not every day. It takes time to cycle back around and get into position. So that represents the dynamic between these two energies is everything is birthed from this unknown and it comes into revelation. And it's a journey for consciousness. The same way you look at feminine energy in a, in a dynamic sense or a divine sense, it's this infinite potential. And you have masculine energy, which is infinite um consciousness or like knowingness so you have potential and knowingness come together create manifestation which means something that has been made realized or made seen or made felt or made heard or made whatever it's brought into the senses so it is now an awareness so masculine energy in a sense is about formed aware awareness that has become a it's how a structure so then you have principles that come from those two energies so you have Feminine energy, because it's unseen, it leads itself to more fluidity. So you have to think about creativity, intuition, all those different aspects that are not really solid, concrete things. They're just a little more fluid. Masculinity, you think about discipline, structure, regimen, routine, focus, work ethic, all those things that are just rigid, 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 because there has to be some kind of protection. And then you extrapolate that out to the human aspect of masculine feminine when it comes to masculinity and femininity so masculinity is about not the masculine energy because we all have those but the masculine principles that is being represented through the male biosphere so it's saying hey 
this to to be an effective male, there has to be some concrete masculine principles because that creates protection for for the feminine energy, right? So, so you need there's have to be some kind of structure, work ethic. Those are principles that lead to masculinity. The same way there are principles of feminine energy that lead to more femininity. And to your point, like we live a more hyper masculine society, not just because of men, but because now we also have. And maybe in the past, it's been more balanced because of the extremes. Like you had men who were maybe hardwired masculine and women who are hardwired feminine. And that may have still been incorrect, right? Because we still are to embody both energies. But now you have an entire Western society. And, you know, there's extreme fluctuations both ways. But who are going either hyper-masculine, everyone's hyper-masculine, or everyone's hyper-feminine. And everyone thinks one is better than the other. Masculine is better, feminine is better. And that's kind of what the argument is today. And within these large political circles, like, no, we only need order. And people are like, we only need flow. And it's like, this is crazy. We don't only need anything. In fact, it's impossible to be only anything. It's impossible to be only feminine or only masculine. You would die. Right? And so the embodiment as, as men is realizing that your external process happens anyway, right? Your externalization will happen because you're already planted with something. And there is a, there's a need for men to connect to something higher than themselves because that allows their seed to blossom naturally because you can then have faith in what you're here to bloom into and saying, Hey, I am not my final form. And when men are allowed to not be their final form. I think women kind of have that. We, we kind of grant that to women naturally because we understand like fluidity and process. And we kind of look at women in that way of like always blooming. We don't look at men that way. Men are judged for who they are right now, which, and there's some credence to that because of just hierarchy and things that have to be done. Hey, I don't want to hire a doctor who's not a doctor yet. Right. But hey, you're going to be one eventually and when you become one, but I respect you for your journey of becoming a doctor. I I respect you, your journey of becoming a construction worker or becoming a lawyer, becoming this or that, whatever it is, whatever the this or that is, doesn't really matter, right? But it's just, there's a feminine process to you becoming this masculine thing. And without that feminine process, without that cycle, you try to rush your process. You try to be that today when the masculine is really oriented to figure out, hey, what is my feminine process? And what can I do every day to facilitate that process in a healthy way? That's when you get flow because now you're not doing for the sake of trying to become or trying to appear. You're doing what you need to do to become. But you're doing it in a way that's so aligned. It's like, hey, this is who I am. It's If you wanna become a doctor, in the West, you have to get a medical degree, which means you have to be pre-med, which means you have to take some classes. And before you take that first biology class, you're aware that I'm taking this class, take this class, take this class. There's a process to it. Even though this structure, there's a process. And so there, in everything we can think of, there's, no, there's never just masculine or never just feminine. The issue that we have, you know, and I'll say in the, in the West, because that's what I'm aware of predominantly, but it's when we see things as one-sided, when we see one thing as only feminine or one thing as only masculine, it's like, is meditation feminine or masculine? Well, it's both. 
right? Like it's both, you know, the way it makes you feel can be something, but also biologically your, your chemistry is changing within you. Something is actually happening. It's not just a feeling. Something is happening to produce that feeling. So everything we have is, is made to show us this dance. And the greatest metaphor we have is partnership, union, love, connection. That's, it's the greatest metaphor of all time because it wants us to understand, hey, this is how the world works. It's not just how you work as individuals, as human beings. And it's easier to understand it with a partner than sometimes with yourself. Like you can, you can move within yourself, but you, I know, I'm sure you see a lot of things within yourself from your partner that you don't, you wouldn't see as clearly just alone, right? It's like, sheesh, I didn't even see that. Or I didn't see that insecurity or that fear or sometimes the strength that you didn't see. Like, I didn't know I had that strength. I know I was good at that. And they may say, you're really good at that. You're like, am I? I didn't know. I mean, I knew I knew how to do it, but I wouldn't, didn't think I was good at it. Like, so, like you're, you know, like there's these things and we're both these reflections of masculine feminine energy for each other. You know, your moon shines off her sun. Her sun, it's, it's, it works both ways. And that's when you have this synergy. And that's what we're looking for because that's the key to life is synergy. It's saying we have all these moving parts. How do we create something out of this? Like you go into a kitchen, you create biscuits. You get flour, water. You may get some cheese, some, you know, different seasonings. But all those things, uncooked, unprocessed, separately you wouldn't want to eat them but there's something about synergy that makes something more than what it is and that is life like there is more to what we see than what it is but only if we put it together and see it it's like put the put the pieces together they're already together it's just a matter of recognizing that all these things are connected and that's the beauty of life and it's been made for us to understand it by understanding connection and understanding ourselves and I think it's a travesty that there's so many people who don't understand that connection between, you know, themselves, their partners, or just even within themselves alone. But this, that is the key, you know, it's masculine, feminine synergy working together at all times. There's never a period of time where they can work together, but you can ignore one of them. You can say, oh, it's not, it's not important. And you'll still feel it. Somebody can, have no flow in their life whatsoever, they will still feel the feminine effects of operating as if they have no flow because they're not operating without flow. They're just operating as if they had no flow. The same way someone who doesn't have structure in their life, they're not operating because they don't have structure. They're operating as if they didn't have structure because they can feel the effects of not having structure. Like we know when we're, for instance, I know when I organize my day, it typically goes better. The day I don't organize my day does not mean my day was not organizable. It just means I didn't organize my day that day. And I will feel the effects of like, hmm, I'm kind of all over the place today. I'm kind of doing this over here. I'm doing that. My schedule's all over. The, like, everything is going kind of chaotically. Not because it had to, because I just chose not to operate within a certain parameter that I usually operate within. And so it's, it's also simple. But, you know, you get into the nuances of the actual human life and that's where the experience is. Right. So we have these vast, simple, you know, just pearls of wisdom that we kind of all know, like deep down without having to really wrestle over them. 
we all have the, the cliches. We call them, they're, they're so good. These sayings and these wisdoms are so good. We've narrowed them down to being cliches. Believe in yourself. Oh yeah, whatever. It's like, <laughs> no man, like stop for a second and think about that. Believe in yourself, right? We have all, we have so many sayings. You can write a book of just sayings. People are like, oh, it's a book of cliches. But it's the reason they stood the test of time because someone's trying to tell you like, hey, these are the simple things that matter. The complex things matter too, but they, they won't work properly if you don't understand the simple things. Like the basics are the basics for a reason. They're important. You can do everyone's complexity is going to be different, but everyone's simplicity is the same. And that's why the sim- simple stuff resonates with most people is because like, that's just truth. Now, how I apply that to my specific life, my, my scenario at this time in my life, at this experience is different for everyone, right? So that's where you have, you know, connection to facilitate that different experience. But we have to just return to being simple. And, and I think this is part of our evolution. Like we've, we've kind of outgrew our, our consciousness in a way, like technology, innovation, all these different aspects. Like you look at the last, 20 years like humanity has exploded into like technology and it's it's actually unreal the amount of innovation that's happened in the last 20 to 30 years so i don't think our consciousness has like evolved to catch up and work with these technologies and different innovations in a healthy way to where we can balance the human beingness because we've evolved the human doing things we have so many things to do now but after all we put down all these doings, when we go to bed at night and we look in the mirror, we have to deal with the human being. And how does that being feel? Does it feel aligned? Does it feel congruent? Does it feel like it has synergy between masculine and feminine energy? Does it feel like it has synergy between partnerships and, and friendships? And like all of these things matter. And we get down to it at the end of the day, when everything, the lights are about to shut off, all we're going to remember are those connections and how synergistic they were or they weren't. And so while we're in these moments, it's like, hey, just appreciate the synergy, appreciate the presence, appreciate the moment. And that externalization will happen naturally because you're already a seed, you're already planted, you're already here and you're being watered daily if you recognize it. You're being watered daily. And so that's super, super key for men. It's like, hey, you we know you have to go out and become new things because we're, we're like snakes shedding new skin. You, but you're going to become it. If you really, really believe it, you, you will trust it more. You can still work hard, but the way you work hard will be different. You will enjoy it and you won't, burn, you won't be working hard out of anxiety. You work hard out of joy or out of excitement. And then you also know when work is done and when it's time to rest and when it's time to enjoy family, when it's time to enjoy friends, when it's time to enjoy whatever the case may be, hobbies, whatever it is, because you're not in a rush to get there. You can't rush medical school. You got to go through the process. Each class takes X amount of time to, to finish the class. And so for me, it's like no matter where you are, every man has a goal to get somewhere else. It's just it's just something innate. We just have to have it. But it's like, OK, there may be three years out. I can stick with that. Can I love myself for the three years that I'm not that? 
if I'm 100 percent sure I'm going to get there in three years, am I going to hate myself the whole entire way through there? And when I get there, I'm going to be burnt out. I'm going to be frustrated. I'm going to I'm, I'm going to get there regardless. But how do you feel when you get there? How was your journey along the way? Who did you meet? Who do you connect with? What you know, like there's so much in between step A and step B. It's not just step A and step B. There's so much feminine energy and flow and process in between one and two, three and four, five and six. And so anything we can think of, whether it's family related, financial related, social related, love related, enjoy the process in between the steps. And that's that right there can change the way a man functions if he just understands that that simple thing it's like enjoy the process because when we're done there's no more process you know and the steps <laughs> they're just milestones they're checkpoints in the long race so enjoy all of it we don't know when the race ends you can have a goal that's 10 years away and you may only be here for five more years enjoy it and you you have more fruitful results because the energy will be in the right place. Mm. Yeah. Yep. 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 Everything you said was spot on and, you know, just feeling into that and, and the simplicity, again, back to this, this core theme of simplicity here. And, you know, I think, I can so I can only speak for myself and I'm happy to do so openly and vulnerably but you know so many times especially as a man how much worth I'm placing on reaching this goal or this outcome and then it comes and you're like okay cool what's next <laughs> right and like ah oh, fuck what what what's what's next here right and it's like no 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 this isn't what it's about and I think since I've had my son this has kind of been really present for me of really enjoying the process because if you Anybody listening to this, if you have a child, you really get to see day to day, hour to hour, minute to minute, the way a child is formed, the way this child grows and develops and all of that. And it might seem really slow in the beginning, but then three years, four years, five years come and you're like, holy shit, what happened? He was just like just holding him in my arms, him staring at me when he was born. And now he's having this full on conversation with me. Right. And it's like, how present can I be to every single day? Even the tantrums, even the emotional, um, outbursts, all of these things that are very special in this process. But you know, we, we are human, we lose patience and we're like, Oh, let's just distract ourselves and do this. But like, this entire process of having a child has also taught me a lot about my own life and how I've actually approached my work and how I'm showing up in the world through my sacred mission and purpose and all of that. So there's been so many beautiful teachings there. And I think what it comes down to, and like you've stated so much throughout this conversation, is just the idea of, of slowing ourselves down, of really coming back into that presence. And yeah, there's there's so much we can learn from this. And, you know, one other thing I'd love to share as well is this idea of creation. You know, I'm a hyper creative, somebody that is always receiving ideas and downloads, that sort of things, and also very much a visionary. And how I used to create was, oh, I'd get an idea and just take immediate action on it. Mm 
But what I've, you know, been doing has been just taking the idea, allowing it to be seated within me, and then allowing myself to be informed throughout that process by following my heart and my excitement. That idea might not sprout for, like you said, two, three, four, 10 years from now. But if I can be with the feminine within me and allow her to personify this energy, allow her to inform me about this process, what is that step? How can I be a deeper flow with this idea? How can I commune with the energy, the consciousness of this idea and allow it to then be birthed from that process and use my, my generative masculine force to then birth that into the world? And that has been a game changer for me. And I'm still learning through the process because the other side of the masculine kicks in from time to time. No, no, you can do this now. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it now, you know, but I have to kind of like slow that down a little bit. And that's been such a beautiful learning curve for me. So yeah, there's so much there that you said. I don't know if there's anything else you want to add to that. I love what you just said. Like we got to clip that one for sure, but (laughs) The funny thing that I think um, life and one the thing about children and you know it, it's interesting like we we don't always recognize ourselves as like former children right True. and and just like that process within itself and understand that even that children are like the the, the divine mirror of mirrors is like I'm going to remind you of your childhood, but I remind you of your parenthood. I'm like, it's, it's so crazy how these things just, just, you know, dynamically show up. But I was going to say that what I've experienced or observed is just so much of life is about contradiction and it's being at peace with contradiction. That is the zone where we find synergy and, in a world where I understand fragmentation, diversity, everything will have to, you know, eventually find its own way to the stream, right? But all all streams lead back to the river. But there's room for contradiction. There's room for two things that don't make sense to be, to both exist and be true. And that's where the depth of spirituality really finds, you know, Find, finds the heart and find and really eases the mind. It's like, because the mind is trying to figure out which side is right. Is it this masculine thing or is it this feminine thing? Is this this presence thing or is this doing thing? And we always, everything is always finding, trying to find the polar opposite thing. It's like, there's a common ground and the common ground isn't necessarily about compromise. It's about allowing space for two things to be true like patient execution. Like how can I be patient and execute at the same time? It's like, you can. You don't have to just execute, execute. You don't have to go, 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 but you have to just be, I'm just going to wait for the perfect opportunity. Like there, like those two things are extremes, but there's a, there's, it's not even a middle. It's just, it's just the truth. The truth is just, there's time to be patient. There's time to execute. And, and if you're not trying to force either one, it will just happen on its own. That's, that's maybe the last little nugget, but that's, that's kind of just, in general, totality, anything I look at in life, I'm like, where are the two extremes of this? And where are the spaces for both those things to exist? Because most people are right about, you know, something It's just, there's always two sides to a coin. And without the other side, there's no coin. The coin does not have value without both sides. And this is just what, it's, it's so funny. It's like, it's extremely 
Like God has to be a comedian because so much of life is just irony and comedy. It, it's it's really interesting that we like as humans trip over these simple things and we can figure out the most complex things, right? And then the simple things is like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. But to your point, just keep it keep everything simple and have the patience to let the masculine play out because it will do its thing. It will it will act when it's like now it's time to act. If you're and when you're in tune with your feminine, that should mean you're also in tune with your masculine. So your your masculine will say like it's time to go, and you're gonna feel it like oh yeah, this is go time. And there's time where you're like, let's just chill, let's just rest, let's let's prepare. There's I forgot the quote and who said the quote, but it's like if you had ten hours to chop down a tree, you would spend nine hours sharpening the axe. That's kind of patient execution. It's like I want to mm. execute at my peak level. I only got ten hours, so I know I have a time constraint. But let me I can knock this down in an hour if I get my my axe sharpened right. Where someone's gonna go in and start hacking for 10, 10 hours and never get it done. Someone's gonna be like, hmm, I don't wanna cut it down. I'm just gonna go over here and relax. And both of people won't have a cut down tree, and the person who's sharpened their axe is gonna have it in ten hours. So it's just that it's all just a beautiful metaphor. It, it's it's interesting, it's comical, it's simple it's deep it's interesting like it, it perplexes me all the time it's like that's something you grasp like you you can understand it but like you said to as humans we still just it's it's beyond us it's just like wow how can this simple thing have so much truth in it you know and it's it still mind blows me all the time so i don't know <laughs> Well, and that's where, that's where language truly does fail, right? In the analytical mind, you can't wrap your head around it. It's a felt sense. It's a direct experience. And um, you know that when you're in it. And that's really all that it comes down to at the end of the day. You know it when you're in it. So, yeah, it's been a beautiful conversation. And I really love the, the practical and grounded nature of it as well, because I think what we've distilled here and what we've talked about is, you know, so much where, right. Where, where we could have gone down, you know, several more types of rabbit holes and, and interesting dialogues and conversations, but, you know, assessing this in your own life, right. For anybody listening to this, assessing what we've spoken to today how are these energies, these principles playing out in your own life? You know, and you can just take note of them, write them down. You know, it might be more so in this state or in this state. And it's not a judgment. It's just more of an observation. Okay, where can I learn to slow down and rest a little bit more? Where can I learn to take a little bit more action towards the things that I truly desire and what I want to create, not only for myself, but for the rest of humanity, as I believe that all of our gifts are here in service to others. And that when we can approach it from serving the whole, we are also serving ourselves, right? So yeah, there's a, there's a lot there to be meditated, contemplated on. So with that being said, I want to leave the space open and the floor open for you to, to share anything about, you know, anything you're doing in your life, where people can follow you, uh, check out your work and yeah, whatever else you want to share. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at J Malik taught me, um, on YouTube under the same name. Um, right now I'm kind of in a rest period. Um, I have a few things in the works, um, but for the most part, I'm in a kind of a 
chill state. Um, I'm, I'm always posting or sharing things. Um, I have books available. Like all those things are available. And I feel like that just happens with, you know, with the flow, but, um, all in all, man, this thing for having me on the platform. And, you know, I think this was, this is great. And this is insightful, like just bringing clarity and, and peace to this, this topic that can be over analytical. Sometimes it can be, you know, too much can go into it and all about just like bringing that synergy of like presence. I love what you just said, like asking yourself those two questions, where can I rest more and where can I, you know, act more that like, that's, that is, there's so much gold in just asking yourself those two questions. So that's thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate you. And uh, yeah, thanks for everything you're doing for the collective consciousness and helping to elevate not only yourself, but others along that process. So yeah, looking forward to continuing following your journey and we'll, uh, we'll catch up soon, man.